Oh man, this is about to be huge. <laughs> it has been so long. Oh my God. First of all, how are you? Listen, you're already being recorded. First and foremost, everybody, <laughs> welcome to the Jameer Smith Show. And before we get started, I got to play this. Hold on one second, everybody. Oh my God. Huge shout out to Beyonce Energy uh, featuring Beam on Renaissance, the album that we love. And I had to play that song because our <laughs> next guest on the Jameer Smith show is someone that I hold so near and dear to my heart because this woman literally was my rock when I was in New York City. So everybody put your hands, your ears and everything oh together. For <laughs> Carolyn Gray in the building, y'all. Thank you so much. Oh my god, <laughs> this is so dope. Hi. Hey, I listen, miss you. I miss you. And let me tell you guys something. Right now, I can already see her face. It's nothing but cheeks all on the phone, <laughs> smiles, teeth everywhere. Yes. <laughs> So listen, before we get started, because I already know this interview is going to be one for the books. Uh, Carolyn, how have you been? How has 2022 been for you so far? Oh, my God. Well, 2022 has been quite a year. I think um, last year I turned 33 and I was like, yes, it's going to be my Jesus year. This is going to be everything and more. And child, the, the year done dragged me. Um <laughs> So 34 happened last week, and I was like, please give me my resurrection, because <laughs> it has been a year full of amazing lessons, because it's shaping me more and more, so I'm not, I'm never mad at anything like that, but I will say, you know, I'm a business owner, I'm a creative, it has been a very hard year for people within those spaces, because, you know, finances nationwide has changed, and you have to just think of different game plans all the time. So it's been challenging, but a lot of lessons learned. So I'm grateful either way. So mm -hmm. what I love that you highlighted is, you know, we've had so many people on the show that have talked about their experiences throughout the pandemic, their experiences throughout this year of uh, 2022 being a moment of really trying to settle into the new norm of world and life and love and all of the above. Um, I want to talk about we're going to go through a couple of top topics, but I really want to talk about first and foremost. You just finished New York Fashion Week, and I want to highlight something that, you know, I love that you were able to now go back. This is the first year everyone knows that I was not able to attend New York Fashion Week because we had a lot of projects happening here. However, I want to go off of a post that you said, first New York Fashion Week experience since 2010, and I am so grateful for the new kinships, being able to see fashion, artistry at its finest, learning new ways to navigate the influencing space while also being an advocate for myself and others and all the while being true to myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she said that, y'all, because I know her well. When you wrote this, wh where was your mind? Where was your mind during New York Fashion Week? Talk to me about that experience. Well, I think it, it was definitely a blur because 
like I said, it had been since 2010 since I've been outside, outside with the fashion girls and doing fashion <laughs> things. Like literally the last one that I did was the September of 2010. And even that experience, it was all backstage work. I was working with different brands that year and it was very um, overwhelming. And I think, too, at that time, that's when the influencing, the blogger situation was started to bud more seriously. So I saw that powerful change begin to happen at that point. So coming to this year's Fashion Week, it was a lot more of who do you know, the influencers on the scene, and everyone's getting photographed outside, and who did who got invited to what and where. And it was a lot of... Um, I don't know. It kind of felt like high school all over again, but a really creative high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really creative, which was fun. But it was a little intimidating because it's been such a long time since I've had to even navigate the space. What was delightful for me to see was a lot of the same people I knew when I was more in depth in fashion were leading these teams and, and hosting these shows and styling these shows. So seeing everyone on their glow up and come up and seeing all their hard work come to fruition was really amazing for me and it warmed my heart. Um, and then also just seeing the fashions in person. I went to see Fee Noel, um, Alejandro Rojas, and that was really cool because their artistry behind their work is really meaningful to them. And a lot of their inspirations come from women or other people within their families um, that help raise them and become who they are today. So just seeing their artistry reflect that is always dope. Um, and as far as like working within this space and navigating as an influencer, you know, I always tell people I, I kind of began influencing by accident. I posted a brand, they fell in love with the content, they invited me to do more work with them. And now we're here. Um, so just navigating that in this role is interesting, getting to know new people who also do it and learning that, you know, there's a responsibility that we have to take as far as working with these brands and understanding that we have to advocate for not just ourselves to make sure that we're getting paid our worth and doing the things that we feel most creative about, but also speaking on behalf of marginalized groups, you know, mm. speaking up for trans women, speaking up for the gay community, the black community, the brown, the Latina X community and all that. And making sure that whatever brand we work with going forward, that we're not just the token on the campaign, you know, and, and making sure that they understand what our standards are, are as people. So, you know me, I don't stay quiet much. No, so. you do not. <laughs> so being an advocate in those spaces is going to be really big for me going forward because now I feel like I've gotten some good tips within Fashion Week on how to have those conversations and and where those conversations will be had. Yeah. You know, a huge shout out to Fee Noel. I had a, a couple of people mm -hmm. that had gone to that show. And if people who don't know Fee Noel is a conceptualized lifestyle brand created for the multifaceted woman. And it really does embody the love of travel and style and culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I've loved about you for so many years is that you really are an expert with wardrobing and styling and really in front of the camera. I want to begin this show with when did you realize you wanted to pursue a life of fashion? I mean, life of fashion for me, it really began when I was a little kid <laughs> because I was fortunate to have a father 
that is a photographer and worked with models, had his own studio, put me on to different makeup artists like Bobby Brown, Kevin Coin, And, you know, so I've always been enthralled into that lifestyle and understanding, you know, those spaces. So when I went to high school, our teacher of mine was like, yo, you need to go to FIT. So it, it's been a part of my soul for a long time. And I think doing it more on video, I, I've been more brave about it in the recent years. And unfortunately, I did. I let outside opinion kind of make me shy away from it years ago. And I started doing it a little bit here and there. But it's always been a part of my DNA. I can't shake it. I can't shake it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and you can't. And Well, and I was like... When people honestly look at your videos, they really see a lot of themselves in it. They see a lot of humor. They see a lot of giggles, as you always have coined. But I think in addition to um, they really see a lot of themselves in you because they're like, this girl has gone through and we'll touch on this later. She's gone through a uh, lifestyle of skin uh, issues to being a black woman to navigating her career in New York City and kind of really figuring out, you know, what place in this world of fashion you know she belongs in mm -hmm. when you think about let's just say your life as a little girl what are some of the nuggets that your family gave you on what a successful woman should look for whenever she grows up oh wow i mean when i think about my mom my mom put in so much time and effort into her job she's a respiratory therapist for johns hopkins now um, and just being able to teach the staff what she knows and what she learns on a daily was something to me that was a, a sense of success. You know, you become an expert, but you also remain a sponge. Mm -hmm. um, and being able to provide for the family in the way that she did was always phenomenal, too. So I think, you know, just seeing all of the women in my family on both sides, maternal and paternal, um, work really hard no matter what their jobs were and it, it was always a range of things running from education to human resources to working with special needs to being a a um a nanny you know everyone in in my life that is a woman and a man had um foundational tools for me and showing me how hard people need to work to get what they want and to be able to provide for their family and i think also another layer was Success is also having acceptance of self and then being able to bring others up with you without mm -hmm. ego. Um, and those are things that really stuck with me. So, you know, we see you on film. We see you on Instagram. We've seen you, you know, throughout the streets of New York City, <laughs> you know, with the big bubbly personality that you are. Right. However, mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that we just don't know about you. So. What do you do to cheer your own self up? Oh, my goodness. So, literally, I've had the birthday blues, like, all weekend, right? And I was <laughs> like, I'm going to let myself have these blues, damn it, because it is what it is. I'm human. I was like, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to go nowhere. I don't want to see nobody. Like, just a big, moody mood. And what happens when I go through those stages is I allow myself, and I and I retreat for a little bit, but I do put a time constraint on it. I say to myself, 
after these next two days, I ain't doing this no more. Like, we going outside, we get right. dressed, we going to wash our face. Like, we just, well, I mean, I wash my face when I'm in my mood. But I tell myself, <laughs> you have two days to feel this funky thing, and you're going to get up out of it, and we're going to make moves. Because we don't have a lot of time for this. What's so I, I give myself a time limit. <laughs> well, and I think that's what we really need. I mean, because we've had so many people on the show that have talked about, you know, um, freeing themselves mentally and physically and being in really positive spaces and living intentionally. Carolyn, when you think about your life, mm -hmm. what's one thing that's happened to you in your life that has made you feel weak? Hmm. There's been many times, many different things. Um, I'll speak about something that's most recent. I think I'll be very transparent in saying that the last, the, the, the fashion week that I went to last weekend, although it was very exciting and riveting and a lot of lessons learned, it made me feel so insecure. Mm, why? <laughs> it made me feel so insecure because, you know, you measure yourself against all these numbers on social media, the insights, the followers, the likes, yeah, the amount of invites yeah. you get, you know? And I had to keep reminding myself, like, yo, like, even though you've been doing fashion for so long, it's been over 20 years, like, you know, you've been studying it and doing it. Um, I, I didn't get a lot of fashion shows, or I don't know a lot of the it girls, and I can see how, you know, things are kind of clickish And it made me feel bad about not doing more at an earlier age to get where I wanted to be right now. So basically I felt bad about where I'm at right now. And even though I shouldn't, even though I shouldn't, and I know I should, it did put me in a bad mental space. So it's so wild how a weekend filled with fashion and all these intentions I had really lifted me up. Mm -hmm. After I felt all of that, I crashed. Wow. I crashed. And and I think that also added on to like the birthday blues and now coming out of it because my time limit is coming up. I <laughs> I understand where it's coming from. And it, it did it make me feel insecure and it's a dangerous place to, to be, you know. And I think people who are not totally aware of where their triggers are coming from, it could be a dangerous space to be in. So I know now how to keep my head up and navigate the next go round. The next fashion week, I'm going to do things a little bit differently for myself mentally. Listen, I'll be there with you in February, man. So yes. oh my God, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about fashion and the things that really came down the runway and the things you saw as far as within street style in New York City, because I think a lot of people that follow fashion, right? We look at New York Fashion Week, we look at Paris and Milan and, you know, all of the other major fashion weeks. And we say, oh, whatever comes down the runway is fashion. But I think there are a lot of times that we look at the street fashion also because there's so many things that hit the streets that are not even touching the runway. And people have really just highlighted their own conception of what fashion is. How is fashion different today than it is from whenever, you know, you started to really learn about fashion? Well, I feel like fashion is very, everything is about the trends. Everything is about what's being forced down your throat. <laughs> right. You know, um, I was watching a YouTuber earlier kind of talk about Balenciaga and how she doesn't really connect to it. Like she just doesn't. But look how good they're doing they're like number two after gucci right now and you know it, it is literally what they force feed everybody i think 
fashion has stepped away from the detail artistry, the pleading, the mm. knit. Um, I, I think that there's a lost art that what we're buying um, so much these days, it, it doesn't have what it used to anymore. So my original like designer loves have always been um, Alaya. Donna Karen, New York. Absolutely. You know, I love her drapery. Um, and 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 even Rick Owens, even though like he's very I feel like Rick Owens for some people is very trendy and then for others it's not. Right. I feel like a lot of the influencer it girls are not really into Rick, but I am, honey. Mm-hmm. I love everything Rick Owens. <laughs> and it's because like they have a certain aesthetic. They have something that they really are committed to and they have um they're the master of it. And I think fashion now isn't really a mastered aesthetic. It's what everyone else is doing. I feel like a lot of collections look the same. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I did feel like New York Fashion Week runway wasn't as, like, it wasn't shocking yeah. to me, you yeah. know? I feel like Fina Well did an amazing job because she sticks to her aesthetic. It makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of the brands that did that, like, even Tibby, like, Tibby is an amazing brand because... That woman is through and through. She's mm-hmm. crazy about how she styles the wardrobe and she makes it really easy. But that's what I mean. There's not a lot of that anymore. No, um, true. Absolutely. And everything is street fashion. And I did love a lot of the street fashions. I did. But I always look forward to seeing Milan and Paris because it's just a little bit different there. It is. We it see is. New York every day. <laughs> we do. No, we honestly mm-hmm. do. Um, you know, I want to get into a couple of questions that people have asked um, specifically for you. But before okay. we get into that, I want to talk about something important. And really, not to say fashion is not. Let's be crystal clear on that. You <laughs> you talked about something on your story the other day that I wanted to make sure that we at least t- discuss. Who mm-hmm. has coined the term colorism? I don't know who coined it, but I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel uncomfortable. I was going to say, who I was, well, and who benefits from colorism? Well, you know, I feel like when when people of color are are doing colorism against people not of color, it might mm. benefit them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because it, it, in some senses it keeps us strong, but then I also feel like it it doesn't. At the end of the day, it really doesn't benefit anyone at all. I think. You know, the word that we really want, the, the world that people of peace really want is one that is diverse, mixed, and has really no uh, label to it. Um, it's fluid. It's it's beautiful. It's whatever people want to be without judgment. Um, but colorism is, is everywhere. And really, it's racism. It's racism and it's judgment um, that I think colorism really is. Mm. Um, I have a question from Monica, and Monica is actually out of New York City. Shout out to Monica. Hey, Monica. <laughs> Carolyn, who is the most fashionable person in your family? Who is the most fashion? Oh, my God. Um, oh, wait a minute. Oh, Lord. Hold on now. <laughs> oh, my God. Mind you guys, you know I don't give any of these questions ahead of time. So I love this no, moment no, where people yeah, really have is... to intentionally give the answer. They're like, wait, hold on, wait, what? <laughs> was nervous about that too. I was like, oh Lord, what if I blank? So here's the thing. My mother to me is the most fashionable. Um, even though literally scrubs is her thing on a daily, when my mother has to put on, she puts on. And the reality is she put every single person onto fashion in my family. 
Mm. Every single niece, nephew cannot say that their wardrobe didn't start until my mom came along and made sure that they had what they needed. This next question mm-hmm. comes from Jacob, and Jacob is out of Atlanta. Shout out to Jacob. Hey, Jacob. So what should I wear for this fall season? Fall season. I love me some fall season. I, and I'm not that great with understanding Atlanta weather, but listen, you can never go wrong with a tailored anything, whether it's a tailored blazer, whether it's a tailored pants and a wool blend. I think if you have a tailor, it doesn't matter what season you're in. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to look together in your closet. But honestly, adding a little bit of knitwear, a little mock, a little mock neck moment, a little, (laughs) listen, just keep it crisp. Keep keep it crisp and fine. And with a tailor. (laughs) Listen, I always tell everybody, and as, as the trends continue to trend, as they do, you know, I have never personally been a wide leg type of person, but how the transitions are for fall 2022 and how the designers and everybody is more wide leg to your point. Everything about me has to still have a tailor. It has to be yes. fitted. It has to you've have form. Been like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you've been every, detail is everything. For detail you, is I everything. So I want to talk about something that has been big and you talked about it and really, really highlighted your skin journey and how it has really been a factor of your life for the past six years. Um, As an adult, we talk about acting. We talk about how emotional it is for ourselves. And I'll even put myself in this as well. As an older man, I still go through moments of, you know, how to really build my skincare regimen. What does it look like? How do I still kind of keep it simple? I do a lot of traveling. So, You posted, my skin love journey has been a factor of my life for the last six years. And you really did discuss on how you've gone through this portion of your life of understanding your skin. Talk to us about that moment. Talk to us about when you really came to terms of now this is what I need to do moving forward. And what did you do? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, everyone, I I think... Not everyone. I know a lot of people go through skin changes randomly in their life. I think mine just started to go crazy when I turned, I think, 27, 28. And I realized how many things I was, like, allergic to. Mm -hmm. Or my lifestyle just wasn't on beat with what my skin needed to be. Um, And it was a struggle. And at first, I had really bad cystic acne. I broke out super bad. And I was like, dang, okay, well... At least I'm not in high school with mean-ass kids. Like, I feel bad for how children go through this. Like, this is insane, you know? And and I just allowed my skin to heal, and I went on medication, and then I decided I don't want to do medication. I want to be able to heal myself inside out. And that itself has been another journey because it's a lot of trial and error, and I was getting really upset about it. There are times where I would not go out because I wasn't feeling my skin that week, you know? And, and it really was... Um, a factor in a lot of decisions that I made with being social or posting even. And then after a while, um, I realized I had to really let that go because I was approached by a beauty brand owned by Bobby Brown, Mm. the GOAT. Full circle. Literally, right? And she she even called me, said, you know, let's work together on my new brand, Jones Road. And it took me a while even after that to realize that if a 
beauty brand wants to work with me, why do I have such a big issue with my skin? Mm. If they're so accepting of me and my personality, and they allow me to create on my own terms, you know, they'll give me briefs, but they're like, do the Carolyn thing that you be doing. Like, do that. <laughs> and we love whatever you do right. type of thing. You know, if a beauty brand doesn't know me personally and, you know, they're working with me, they're allowing me to do this, why do I have such an issue with myself and my skin? So that was a turning point where I said, you know what? I need to love myself more and just accept this journey and keep trying different things and eliminating things that I know don't work for me. And I'll be more successful in accepting who I am altogether. No. And to your point, I'm glad that you said that, because I think it's really about how do we continue to still love ourselves, understand that we only have one face, but then how do we still continue to take care of that? What goes into our bodies, what we're consuming as far as every day, the people that we are around, just everything. And I'm glad that you really are letting people understand and know that I, too, Carolyn, have gone through what others have gone through and they can look at your story. They can look at your journey and say, wait a minute, other brands can say, I think you're great. So why not mm-hmm. work with me so we can continue to be great together? I love, no, I love that. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Our show, the Jameer Smith show. And I always say this literally on every show is a show for the everyday person to tell their story creatively And we created the show because of people like you who have footprints that are in this industry and are really making their name count. So earlier we talked about entrepreneurship and ownership. So let's talk about New Orbud. Elevated calm for all serums, candles, blankets. For me, when I looked at all of this, I mean, it's dot, 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 dot. It is a full lifestyle. Talk to us about New Orbud. Why the name? Let's talk about the products. Go. Okay. So I literally, I rolled into using CBD when I was managing fitness clubs. And I found out like half of the trainers use it for their recovery processing and even just anxiety management. So I was like, okay, I I don't drink. I I don't smoke. You know, I've always needed something to just kind of calm me down. Let me learn more about this. And so I just started to play around with it and and using it in different treats and stuff like that. And one day I made a recover bomb, the topical ointment, and all of my trainers started using it and calling it magic butter. So I decided (laughs) after some point, like, you know, I I should go full time with this. Like, this is a thing. People are buying it. People are asking for it. And it could be so many different other products. So it was a different name when I first started out. And when I went in front of a... um, It was basically I was pitching to a venture capitalist team about my company and they gave me a lot of good insights. And it wasn't necessarily I was not really looking for money, although that would have been nice. But I wanted to hear feedback from people who have grown and developed brands. And they told me that the original name, which it was Dumont, which means soft hands. They said that it wasn't really marketable and that I need to dig deeper. And I did because I was like, you know what? I don't see a lot of black owned brands out there and I don't see a lot of luxurious CBD brands. So I wanted something that would speak more to me and my community and my aesthetic. So Noir Bud came about after those meetings where I realized I needed to step it up a notch when it came to the name of it. And it means black bud as you know, right where it is. But I think 
using the French terminology to me, it was just a little bit more, I don't know. It's more elevated. Yes. And it also was an ode to um, my, I did a solo trip to Paris and that was a lot of life changing. Like just my whole being kind of changed knowing that I could go across the world, whatever, by myself and and do all these beautiful things alone in Paris. And I, I just like that, you know, that was ingrained in it. So as we begin to wrap our interview, this is really the portion, and it's, it's really interesting, the emails and the messages and the DMs that we're getting from people, that they love this part of the interview because it really does feel more of a, of a therapy session. Mm-hmm. So we see you in love. We see you moving life and navigating life and all of the things that you've done you know, in your career. Carolyn, what makes you fall in love with someone? Hmm. I think for my person (laughs) that I'm in love with, that I'm in love with is that there is a safety that that person provides mentally, spiritually, and physically. And not only that, but I think it's also the... It's like um, a surprise every day to see somebody grow into the person that they want to become. And I think that that is something that I fall in love with is someone's process and their ability to allow me to have process as well. Mm, okay. Yeah, that that's I think that's where we. I don't know. I'm I'm not speaking for Carlos, but you know, <laughs> according to some words that he said before, it's like <laughs> the our love really has grown through our process of getting to know ourselves better yeah. as individuals. And I think a, a lot of people within relationships, any kind of relationship, the most dangerous thing you could do is lose yourself within that person and not remain an individual and create you know, a bond with another person. We feel like people are supposed to finish us or make us feel whole. That's not the case. We come as two people together. And if something doesn't work, we'll leave as two people as our own. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I think I keeping do. ourselves whole and, and just respecting each other's growth, that's where people fall in love with time and time again and for new reasons every time. At the beginning of each year, you know, I think about um, resolutions, you know, that we promise ourselves. And this year it was about intention. And to your point, every single thing that you said about relationships and love and the things that you guys are learning about each other, it's about living life with intention and understanding that we come as a full package alone. I make sure that I complete me and I'm able to provide the table. But I do want mm-hmm. you to be able to provide the chairs and all of your intentions as well. So collectively, we can be able to be a stronger bond together. 100%. When you think about life, do you have any regrets? Mm, no, not really. Not really. and Because I, I don't want to have regrets. The only thing that I wish I did more of and would want to tell anyone that's, you know, coming up or actually any age, really, is to never, um, never lose an understanding in yourself that you are capable of doing anything. Mm. I, I think ever wavering in that belief is really, it's not good. 
And I, I wish that I held on to that belief that I am capable of anything more often than I didn't. So as we wrap our show, I love this question because it really does create a reflection over you as a person. Once you have done and did all the collaborations and done all of the fashion shows and people have looked up to you as an icon, because I see that for your life of being the commentator of fashion, of people being able to look at you and to show that fashion is fun, fashion is creative and colorful, fashion is black, but fashion is universal. (laughs) What do you want your legacy to be, Carolyn Gray? Mm. I want my legacy to be because I, I think about this often. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think about this often because you know when you, like you said, living with intention, it, it just it just pieces everything together. But I think what I really want my legacy to be is that I created a space around me where people will always feel comfortable being themselves, authentically, thoroughly, and consistently. Um, and, that, and I, that's the impression that I want to leave behind. Carolyn, I want to thank you for your life, your story. I want to thank you for, honestly, your continued friendship. Even from a distance, I want to Even thank you just for always being there, for being present. Um, the world, the people that follow you, I'm going to speak for them. We thank you for mm-hmm. being your authentic self. And I know her very well. She's going to get super emotional right now. But... <laughs> Honestly, real talk, I have to say thank you for just being you. Any last words you want to leave any of your new listeners, our listeners that have now become your fans, any last words? The only thing I'll say is if there is an idea that you've been sitting on or something that you want to try, do it right now or set it up to do it tomorrow because you only get one life and There should be no reason where you wake up later on in your elder age, God willing, and you say, I wish I would have did it. Please do it today or tomorrow. Like, (laughs) please. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank you again, Carolyn, for your love. And guys, as we always say at the end of the show, stay positive, but stay creative. I want you to make sure that you support this beautiful creative on Instagram. It's Carolyn Gray, and that is I-T-S. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-G-R-A-Y and continue to support her business. That is at Noir Bud all together N-O-I-R-E-B-U-D. Carolyn, thank you so much for being a part of the show. We love you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Always. And guys, as we always say, stay positive, but stay creative. Until next time. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>